0: It's time for another Marley Matlinet. We watched Where the Truth Lies, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies.
1: In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty. All that stands between a city and a disaster. In a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all.
0: I felt abandoned. I had fantasies of killing myself. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland Ethn Movies. My name is Todd Workoven. I am joined, as always, by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark?
1: I'm well. How are you doing, Todd?
0: I am hanging in there. And we, of course, are also joined by Brian, the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian?
2: I want to know how long you've been sitting on that joke.
0: <laughs> I feel I think I made it towards the end of the last marley matlin movie we had so i that stuck in my brain i'm like here we are again with marley matlin is this our third or fourth marley matlin movie i think
2: it's the third third The
0: third because we had yeah. what the believe do we know and hear no evil i feel like there might be another one but i guess maybe i'm just making that up there's another courtroom courtroom one i feel like but maybe not i don't know mm. there's a lot of courtroom
2: movies filmed in portland i've <laughs> discovered are. too there are <laughs> This is the Marley Matlin uh, Portland cinematic universe trilogy.
0: It really is. I, sh- I I forgot to to recheck her IMDb thing, but I feel like she's made others here still too. She is the definitely the queen of Portland at the movies. That's for, if Russ <laughs> Fast is the king, then <laughs> it's Marley funny. Matlin is the queen.
2: Designing the Portland at the movies chessboard. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Be that would amazing. be amazing. <laughs>
0: Well, Brian, uh, you brought this movie to us. So why don't you tell us uh, both why and what it's about? Uh, So did anyone watch
2: the Oscars?
0: No, I got the most excited uh telephone call uh, which I was shocked to a be getting a telephone call from Mark uh suddenly at the in uh, and he excitedly asked if I had if I saw the Will Smith thing and I had not and so I had to run to the internets and it reminded me of the mid 2000s like when britney spears would do something or whatever and everyone would go to like perez like i felt like one of yeah. those things again that, that we haven't had in a long time but that sort of overshadowed i think what you are getting
2: to yeah i don't know what you're talking about uh, <laughs> i mean I, I the only thing of interest that happened was that our our queen of portland of the movies. Uh, uh, wait, wait now did she? No, she didn't win the Oscar. Her her movie did. Did anyone see that?
1: Coda. I have not seen Coda.
2: Um, okay. Well. Uh, anyways, um, she uh, clearly. Um, uh, okay, there was a deaf character, and it was played by Marley Matlin, and, and okay. the picture won Best Picture. So, anyways, yes, Marley Matlin is uh, on people's radars again um which which reminded me that uh she had actually been on uh, our radar uh after the last time we saw her when we discovered that she was in a third movie um filmed in portland and we kind of went down the rabbit hole of trying to find out what her connection is to portland but as far as i know it, it, this is just uh a luck of the draw that these movies were filmed in portland that she doesn't actually have any uh connection but if if she's listening um Oh, I, I mean, um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, if, if she's, uh, <laughs> how do you say that?
0: If she has been made aware
2: of our podcast. I don't know podcasts. how I'm digging myself out of this one. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, she's
0: been made aware of
2: our podcast. Uh, please correct us, Marley, and uh, let us know uh, why you like Portland so much.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is, it is definitely an interesting intersection, especially since I feel like they were all kind of within the same, Span of maybe ten years or so, the the late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I just learned today that she actually uh, played a hearing uh, character in a movie uh, that I'm very intrigued to to see now. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so yes, that's the
0: that's that's what brought us to where the truth lies.
2: Where the truth lies. Uh, not to be confused with uh, where the truth lies, or where the truth lies. Two thousand five. Um, this movie. Let's uh, why don't we, uh, Todd? Do you want to read the uh, description of this movie? Oh, the yes. Back of the box. The back of the box. Um,
0: uh, so uh, I the IMDb uh, description here.
2: Uh, well, corporate- let's see. If, oh, I'm going to yeah. see if there if we can find the VHS because. We want the actual back of the box. Well, was,
0: oh, so was this a TV movie or was this released in theaters?
2: This was 1999, uh, Lifetime.
0: Okay. It was made for TV. But was put out on video? Uh,
2: Well, no, Mm -hmm. this is the wrong where the truth lies. Okay. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're batting a thousand. (laughs)
2: Ah, here it is. but only the front of the box. Uh, That's (laughs) so helpful. Um, Oh, well. Well, Well, I do have the
0: IMDb. uh, Yeah, if we do what I guess. I guess. Okay, so a courtroom drama where an ambitious but inexperienced young lawyer defends a deaf political campaign manager accused of murder, but is her client too blinded by love to reveal all? How a letter from... if, if somebody would have read me that earlier this afternoon, I would have been that. that doesn't sound at all like the movie I watched.
1: <laughs> Seriously. But is her client this, too blinded by too love? Too blinded
0: by love? <laughs> is this hearing impaired woman also seeing impaired <laughs> in the heart? Uh, so Marley Matlin is in this as well as uh, Regina King who, uh, of course, is a kind of a powerhouse of her own at this point. And this was the late 90s, so she was already really well known. And my first question was, why was she in this? Like, she seemed too big, in a way, to be in this. And it, it's the only TV movie kind of stuck in her IMDb. It is like, just randomly stuck in the middle of, of her resume, too. So I found that really interesting, especially since... I thought she was terrible. Right. At I, first.
1: I, I, I hated this movie. And, <laughs> and I, I feel like Marley Madden and, and, and Regina King both like called it, were, were called in on favors, you know, f- to make this movie of like, I you did know, feel I, like I got you into Reg- children of a lesser God. You you can do this. <laughs> For me, I did
0: feel like uh, Regina King was there under duress during the during the courtroom stuff. I thought she was really good. And I'm like, I'm reevaluating her. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, and she's terrible. again. So (laughs) I don't know if maybe the beginning and end were like at the end of the shoot or if they were reshoots of some sort. But yeah, I feel like the
1: script was terrible. uh, Yeah, she did the best with it that she could
0: with what she had uh a couple other actor notes before we get in there was another guy uh named Stu, and he was um kind of the assistant to regina king or a private investigator i wasn't really sure what his exact role was um and i was like why does he look familiar and so i looked (laughs) him up
2: did did you look him up ryan the same thing he looked familiar and then like i was so happy when i realized that what i had recognized him from was our show
0: yes which movie did you remember him
2: from uh oh shoot let me pull up his page again Uh, so yeah i I pulled it i pulled it up and
0: i was like oh without a paddle too
2: oh
1: nature's
0: calling
2: robert robert blanche is his name that's funny yeah Um, and
0: let's see uh yeah yeah, what else uh Uh, sadly uh, it looks like he passed away in 2020 but he he's been in portlandia and grim and leverage of course but he was also in uh, A Walk in My Shoes. Yes. Uh, One of my personal favorites from the show, apparently. (laughs) Extraordinary Uh, Measures. (laughs) Uh, What the Bleep Do We Know? He was in What the Bleep, yeah. Yeah, and Total Reality. Uh Uh-huh. So, but he was also the uh, the uh, president of the, Port, uh, the Screen Actors Guild Portland branch and really involved with the Screen Actors Guild and his credits I, are very mainstream and it looks like he probably traveled down to LA or wherever too, because it didn't seem like it was Portland only stuff but he seemed very accomplished and he was great in this movie and, and when in uh, without a paddle he was he was fun in because he was one of the one of the bad guys in that and that was pretty yeah. silly but that's so funny that i started recognizing that guy yep as well as the um and we'll get into the plot here in a second uh but the the white the lady who played penny who was the wife of the politician i was like why does she look familiar and of course she's been in a million things over the years but she played uh in the famous episode of seinfeld she played Dolores Remember the girl that Jerry dated that he couldn't remember the name of, and he's like, "I know it rhymes with a part of the female anatomy," and so like oh, no. nobody could figure it out or remember, and like there's all these silly guesses. And at the very end, she's like, "You don't know my name, do you?" And she storms out, and finally Jerry remembers and opens the window as she storms out and shouts, "Dolores!" So that was her in this, and she was also great, and she's just been in a in a billion things over the years
2: too. Ah, uh, the the one actor that stood out to me was the uh, the D A, um, and uh, his name is Lyndon Ashby, and uh, he was uh, Johnny Cage in the uh, nineteen ninety five Mortal Kombat movie. Um. Whoa,
0: he was the the D A. Now I do admit that through most of the two viewings I did of this movie, I could never tell the difference between the D A and the politician son guy. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah it took me a long time to figure but out it, those were two different people yes and, and only because everybody kept treating them as two different people
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's mediocre white men
0: yes yeah. but it they starts off it starts off i guess it makes sense that this is a lifetime movie because this starts off with some sexy sexy saxophone music mark I don't know if you <laughs> are, have the ability to play any uh, sound clip over there but right out of the gate it's it's pretty 80s uh, sexy there saxophone.
1: There is, is a lot of sexy saxophone with this movie.
0: Uh and some great some great shots of Portland and the the Stern Wheeler gets its own little shot and the fountain on in on the waterfront park is shown and Now
2: now we should be straight up. This is uh not Portland in the movie
0: it is not that's what i was leading up to so we see all that we get a nice long journey over the hawthorne bridge like we usually do in these movies where it takes a full <clears> a full scene i to think get across. She,
1: i think she went across like three bridges she definitely went across <laughs> hawthorne and broadway oh okay and uh but yeah in there the w- same trip yeah in the in the nearly <laughs> the same frame circles. you know just
0: yeah yeah um, and that's why that's when somebody shouts excitedly and that's why we're going to memphis or
2: whatever and everyone's like yay it's like oh no i couldn't figure out why they couldn't just use um uh actual establishing shots of memphis that they probably could have paid for stock footage <laughs>
0: that's true i didn't even think of that i thought you were going to say i don't know why they just why they, they wanted stayed with to memphis? set this in memphis yeah like absolutely. why not just say portland but um they, they they changed all the license plates on everything and they had the newscasters vans all had like different news stations on them from some other markets and I was like boy they really wanted to sell that this was Memphis for some reason and if you yeah. look in the
1: trivia in the IMDB there's like one whiny person who's like
0: <laughs> so it,
1: Memphis does not have a police department it's not Memphis County
0: they would have it's, never it's, taken a mug have... shot
1: it's just like, yeah, oh
0: my god, I was like, that's, that's the lamest
2: <laughs> entry I've ever read.
0: That's both in the IMDb uh trivia as well as the Amazon, like, whatever which you which feeds oh, for that gosh. Yeah, trivia section thing, too. So, wow, <laughs> so we're introduced to uh Marley Matlin, who is the campaign event coordinator for a man named Sandra. Sander? We- I'm pretty sure everybody kept saying Sandra. Oh, is this his first name? <laughs> yes. His last name is something else. I forget it. Sander oh. Morgan um, is his last name. But everybody
1: kept San- saying maybe that's a Sander Morgan. Oh, San- Sander. Sander. Oh, you I know what it you. was
0: then? You know what it was then? It was the horrible southern accents <laughs> that some people were trying to Sander. do in this movie. So I wonder if they're trying to Sandra. Yeah. Like trying to drop the R, Henry Iggins style. <laughs> okay well at least that answers that question but yes oh my gosh
2: i just had a crazy thought like sorry this is uh
0: yeah
2: how do how do you uh explain an accent to a deaf person
0: oh that's a good question because there's there's both accent and dialect it's like
1: embellishments with your fingers and you
0: know. can you tell if a if a deaf person who has learned to speak a little bit can you tell if they're they were born and raised in the south versus like England versus right. you know India or something like that I wonder huh Boy, that would be much more interesting to watch than this movie we should <laughs> we should have done an hour Let's on that Let's do that, that. <laughs> well, i maybe... did not
2: hate this movie like you guys apparently did
0: <laughs> i didn't hate it but it's just it. it's again it's just so bland it is pure Except...
2: lifetime schlock but it but it not being...
0: it it doesn't it, like even like i feel like lifetime has at least like a, a pop to it or like something that's a little bit more salacious or something that but this i mean but i love me, him <laughs> And that's why when the IMDB discussion thing is like, was she blinded by love? I was like, was she? It it didn't seem like she was blinded by love, but we'll get into all of that, I guess. So Marley Matlin works for the politician. Um, Regina King is a um, defense lawyer from some other city that has come back into Memphis to support um, this politician. New York City. Okay. So yeah, she's traveling back home to Memphis to, um, and one thing I did—it'll it, it, turn out ironic when we get there—but as this movie's starting, you know, we're seeing Marley Matlin doing all the coordination for the event and speaking to the crowd and all that, and she's uh, sometimes speaking to the crowd uh, using sign language, and then sometimes she speaks through uh, an interpreter who is with her through most of the movie. And I was like, that's when I found it most engaging was that. I loved for one of the first times, at least. I didn't. There was an interpreter involved, and I just thought that dynamic was neat, and it added a little bit of, like I said, something to grab onto. But I just thought that was a neat, a neat thing to have the interpreter in the room all the time, because then sometimes Marley would talk just to him, and sometimes the interpreter would just talk to it like, and there. So there was some different dynamics that were kind of created through that. That was really neat. And then when we get to the end, I find it. Oh, okay. You know, okay, that's why.
1: I. <laughs> that's why they. Bother. She said the line once of like, "Talk to me, don't talk to the interpreter," and then she literally turns away from that person and turns at the interpreter. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, but you just
0: said, so. "I do." I did like to, Sometimes there was an escalation of. of she would be speaking calmly. Uh, through the interpreter and then like as her character would get more worked up she would start you know <clears throat> essentially yelling right. directly at the i'm this is such an offensive <laughs> yeah t- <laughs> I'm trying to like mind the sign language. So I'm glad this is not a visual <laughs> podcast, but uh, so I just, some of those were like really neat. And I kind of wish like in here, no evil. I thought they, they played off of that in a more interesting uh, way. And like, for instance, in both here, no evil, which I really like that movie. Um, and this one, there's a, both uh, a scene where Marley Matlin calls nine one, one and in here, no evil she's doing so because she's being attacked uh, and it's terrifying because she can't hear the other end of the 911 call. And so she's screaming and trying and like can't communicate. And that communication barrier was like really tense and really. And it happens in this movie as well when she finds the um, politician that she works for stabbed to death when she was at his house. The politician went to get the door, somebody was at the door, gets stabbed. Marley Batlin discovers him and calls 911. And like, even that like I thought could have been played more for that same tension and for the uniqueness of that situation where it just kind of ended up being like, well, this could have been any, any movie really.
2: Yeah. And I I would see that a little bit differently. Like you're right. It could have been any movie and they, you know, that, that led more to the fact that they were playing her character as if, this wasn't necessarily like a vehicle for a deaf person. It was just a character and she was deaf. Sure. Sure.
0: Am I canceled (laughs) though? No, I, I get, I get what you mean. And I think there, I think there should be a happy medium between like the Marvel, like this is the first female superhero, like that sort of thing versus like the natural tension that could arise out of, the situation that you're given and making using creative decisions to to use those in ways that that make the story better and i just kind of felt like they didn't do that a whole lot
2: and, I'm, uh, I'm not used like to being the, on the defending in these movies <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and again i didn't hate it and even watching it a second time i was i, I was drawn in a little bit mostly because i had just forgotten most of it because it is like i said there's just like no texture to it and i just wanted any and i think maybe that's what i'm grabbing at Is like oh that could have been some texture there just like
1: warm milk
0: yeah oh. even down to the casting where i couldn't tell them <laughs> tell them apart um so the the politician ends up getting killed um they end up uh Arresting Marley Matlin because she was at the scene, obviously, and there's no other suspects, so they they take her to jail. Um, there's a great scene. Ah, uh, I wish I wish we could play audio because there's some great. It's a scene where it's kind of played as background or a mon, a quick montage thing of at the police station. There is an extra. That hands like a, a pile of files to the main investigator guy and they're kind of doing the hubbub hubbub type, you know, we're just filling some space here so it looks like we're talking and the dialogue goes it starts it goes back and forth so it'll start with the main cop the cop goes. What do we have here, the other guy goes here here right here it's here. Like they say it's here or this is here so many times. And I was like, were they supposed to cut the audio out just so it looked like we're talking? Or, but it was so funny that they just those can't were say.
2: those were extras that we're talking. One
0: of them was an extra, which I was surprised they let him talk because you have to pay extras uh-huh. more if they have a speaking uh-huh. line. So uh-huh. maybe it, it, maybe it was dubbed or whatever. But it was so funny. <laughs> it's in here. It's right here. It's here, here <laughs> and here. I, and they're like pointing to things so that it reads, you know, as as a visual thing.
2: That's amazing.
0: So that was that was really funny. Yeah, the bad southern accents. There's a point where that the the male district attorney or the male lawyer guy or whatever that I first Johnny Cage Johnny Cage when Johnny Cage his first line was like so drawn out and weird. I couldn't figure out what it was going until he kind of got rolling and it was like, oh, that's right. This is Memphis. He's supposed to be Southern. Yeah. I, us- I usually don't notice bad accents because I don't have a really good ear for it. So when it's bad, it must be really bad if I
2: notice. Yeah. Like that, h- h- he was going for like a Cajun accent. <laughs> it's definitely not Memphis. <laughs> uh, Johnny. I- now I'm curious where he's from because, like, he clearly didn't know where he was supposed to be.
0: Yeah, I bet he's a uh, Southern Californian because that's way. I, I was getting a lot of those notes from yeah. him.
2: Born in Florida.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. East Coast oh. California. Exactly. <laughs> um. Let's see, Brian. Why don't you take? Why don't you take the plot from here? Ugh.
2: It gets really convoluted really quick yeah um, that's why i'm handing it off <laughs> thanks um it, it it plays out like a a, uh, a it's very soap opera um it it uh there's like all these twists and turns and they, they keep it going by uh drip feeding you like new revelations and like marley matlin is always uh like hiding or, or not entirely Telling her uh, her lawyer the truth. That's
0: because she's blinded by passion, blinded by love. Blinded, yeah, blinded by love,
2: um, and so uh, um, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, um, she's put uh, on trial. She, she is put on trial so that the majority of the movie is trying to uh get marley matlin uh off uh of a not guilty verdict uh for the majority of the film's runtime you are just led to believe that marley matlin is, is you know 100 innocent um and uh the movie does an okay job of like uh, guiding you along at different points you you start to suspect different people um yeah. i think at first you suspect uh the the politician's son um for murdering his his father and well order... i think
0: i think first you assume it's the because at, at the very first scene at the political rally, oh yeah, yeah yeah the political rally is interrupted by an, uh, an anti-abortion activist and say, right. and the activist says something like I'll I'm gonna stop, stop you. you.
2: We'll stop you at all costs.
0: Yeah, and like it's yeah. taken, taken out of scene. And
2: I did read. Uh, there was a review on IMDb that was like, uh, uh, "This is pro-abortion uh, propaganda crap." I couldn't watch past ten minutes.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So it does. The, it does a good job of seeding doubt in the viewer of right. like who it could be or why, because there's a, a couple different why would somebody do this type, type things? Right. To right. So
2: first, yeah, first we're led to believe it, it, it was probably the uh, uh, abortion activists. Uh, then you think that, Oh, maybe it was the politician's son because like immediately after his father is murdered, he announces that he is going to be running for that same Senate seat uh, mm-hmm. that his father was running for. Um, and, you know, we, we learned that like uh, his father was kind of uh the way so to speak of of his own political ambitions um and uh then we are led to believe that uh maybe it was uh actually his wife that committed the murder because we learn uh, one of the twists was that uh marley matlin was uh in love and having an affair uh with the politician's son um so that uh, uh, then uh Start to hear from uh, his wife, who says that um, uh, she wanted to protect her family at all, preserve the family at all costs, uh, and, and do anything in her power to bring Marley Matlin down. Um, and, and so you think that maybe she had him killed uh, to frame Marley Matlin, and get her out of the picture, uh, so that she could be a political wife and, and have happy politician family um and let's see was there anyone else who were the other suspects was not that I thought there was one more
0: i think those were the main ones yeah
2: okay um <laughs> and this all plays out uh basically in the courtroom um uh and, and the plot moves forward through uh notes handed to the lawyers um and for some they they set this up
0: and they keep referring to it as if it mattered. But Regina King's character, who ends up staying in Memphis to defend Marley Matlin's character uh, on trial, is going up against this other trial lawyer. Regina King and him used to date like back when they were in college or whatever, five or 10 or however often ago. And like that kept on getting brought up, but to no end. Like that was never... Like, Regina King says that to to Marley Matlin. She's like, I just have to disclose, you know, that we used to date or that we used to go out and Marley Matlin's like, oh good, you know your enemy then. And like, at the end, they were like, I I, I just felt like they said it twice and then like, it was never a thing like in court or it never like came out that, like it was never a problem. (laughs) Right. So
2: supposedly that was to play into Marley Matlin's grand plan. Yeah, um, she she uh, liked the fact that she knew that they had a history um, and somehow that was supposed to uh, uh, help Marley Matlin achieve her end goal. Um, yes,
0: yeah, she does mention that when she has that soliloquy at the end where she's like, and here was my whole plan. But that didn't. It's just, she's right, because she says, like, and all according to my plan that you guys did that. But yeah, again what end i'm not quite sure yeah i'm
2: not quite sure either
0: yeah so there's a point too where it comes out uh that they find out that marley matlin had written these notes to the politician that got killed 15 years ago that marley matlin threatened to kill him and wanted him to die and all of this stuff and it turns out that Marley Matlin wrote those when she was a patient at the hospital. The politician worked out because the politician was a doctor. Right. It gets
2: really this is this is where it gets convoluted. Yeah. So, so maybe a politician used to be a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Yeah, a psychiatrist, maybe. Yeah. At the
0: Holly, the Holly Ridge hospital. Right. Where, I believe one of the alternate titles of this movie is like three Years at Holly Ridge" 90 something. Days at Holly okay. Ridge," which <laughs>
2: is a terrible <laughs> title. I, I was I read that and I was like, "That must be a typo." Like that couldn't have been a proposed title for this film. <laughs> the original. That I remember for the, Yeah, Holly Ridge was the name of that hospital where Marley Matlin. Uh, what she so <laughs> Marley Matlin's sordid backstory was that uh, her her parents died is that right
0: yes killed in a car accident
2: okay and then that kind of messes her up
0: and she She gets admitted to the psychiatric hospital where the future politician works because she tried to kill herself
2: oh oh yeah correct she tried to commit suicide right oh that's right and then so the theory was she is mad at her doctor because her doctor saved her life but she wanted to end her life so as part of her therapy, um, he had her write out, you know, in words, uh, her, her feelings towards him and, and, and expressing her anger towards him for saving her life. And in doing so, she talks about how she wishes he was dead. Yes. <laughs> if that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> so yes, as a therapy, she, she projected all her anger onto him, blah, blah, blah. So that comes up during the trial. And it's like, it is a big part of the trial and like trying to explain why she would write these letters and how, but how it's not connected to the murder of the, of the politician guy. And then like, like a half hour later in the movie, somebody says, like, I feel some, somebody's talking, all these people, I can't keep apart. People were talking and one of them goes, she told you about Holly Ridge? Isn't there where she like, Yes, like you've all had this conversation a half hour ago that the letters were found. Where did the letters come from? Like, it wasn't anyone's secret. And it was like, it was the weirdest thing. And maybe they just edited it into the wrong part of the movie or I couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, she told you about Hollywood.
2: Holly so more stuff happens <laughs> and then... Does ultimately, <laughs> <laughs> more stuff doesn't happen and <laughs> and then ultimately we learned that um marley matlin ended up actually being the mastermind behind the murder and it was twist her interpreter who actually held the knife and stabbed the politician murdering him and it was explained that Uh, her interpreter was like infatuated with her and would do anything um, that she wanted. And um, she wanted to kill the politician to get back at the sun for breaking her heart. (laughs) Well, so
1: he ended up killing himself over this as well
2: and that was part of her plan to get back at him <laughs> i will make him kill himself right so we're told we're t- so t-
0: to go back to go back to holly ridge she's in holly ridge being treated by the doctor politician the doctor politician's son at that time is 23 years old marley matlin is 17 years old they start dating the son and Marley Matlin, but the the doctor politician says we can't have this. She's too young, blah blah blah. Marley Matlin ends up getting pregnant by him. The doctor politician ends up funding an abortion for her, and so this is all fifteen years ago. Meanwhile, at the beginning of this movie, when we're introduced, like Marley Matlin has been working for this politician for however long, we're not told, but he's clearly an established politician. And she does this whole plan where like so many things have to like happen. And it's just about revenge. Like I, I was expecting there to be like, and this happened, like it was just such a, at the end of the day, it was just like something happened 15 years ago that the audience didn't see. And that's the reason you're giving us like all explained off screen. And, you know, there
1: was $15 million in play over a thing that didn't pan. Like she's not getting that.
0: And that didn't make sense either because yes, if, if, if supposedly the dad politician was going to change his will so that if his son got divorced to go out with Mary Matlin, he would lose his inheritance. But like if she would have played out longer, she probably could have also gotten $15 million and just like killed her husband then or whatever, because the, that the son ends up getting accused after, after Marley is found innocent, um, she, they then accuse the the son, the son politician, or who was going into politics to fill his dad's role, accuse him of murder. And then he just like goes outside and shoots himself. And I was like, I, do, would an innocent person do that or did you just like think uh, like I that i yeah. didn't buy that at all like I thought if he was involved and the guilt was getting to him like then I get it but it was like ah oh, like wasn't he a guy we were supposed to be rooting for what's, what's happening
2: And the thing that really threw me was when uh, Regina King at the end figures all of this out um and she she witnesses the interpreter, like smoking a cigarette and getting into his car and like that image like strikes her and like all of a sudden she has this epiphany and she solves the case. It's like, wait, how did you figure that out just by watching the interpreter? I wondered that too. But now
0: actually, as you were kind of talking through that, it kind of popped in my head because right. So, there's so much going back and forth this movie. So, the trial they find Marlon Macklin innocent and we'll go, there's more reasons for that, that we'll get into. So the trial's over, blah, blah, blah. And Regina King's character who we're told has done nothing but like defend like reprehensible people, but still gotten them uh, a, a not guilty verdict. So she's set up as one of those sleazy defense lawyers or whatever. We're told that's her character the whole time. But at the end of this trial, she's like, Hmm. I don't know. Winning's just not doing it for me this time. Something's wrong. And then we see another scene of her, like something's just not adding up. And then, yeah, she just sees the interpreter kind of standing there smoking in the park blocks. And she's like, wait a minute. And like, she just puts it all together to the point of, okay. So she, Regina King at the end of the trial still doesn't know what happened, but she still feels like Marley Matlin is guilty, which is why she then follows the interpreter back to Marley Matlin's house, who, a note for when we talk about locations, I really want to know where that is. Cause it was like some <laughs> amazing house that was both on the water and next to railroad tracks, because when they were all arresting the guy at the end and showing the police showing up, there was just like a huge train going by that I'm sure was just a nightmare for their shooting.
1: Yeah. That's down by McAdam somewhere. It's along that stretch. Okay. Uh, I wonder if yeah. like, is that John's the spaghetti landing. factory? Yeah. John's land. Yeah. And uh, in that final scene, uh, that's what, what is now the south waterfront with all those buildings those buildings didn't exist at that time and so you can see the island out there in the middle right behind her in the Willamette yeah yeah
0: was that ross island that you see what island yeah. behind her? yeah yeah exactly. island? okay oh wow yeah that's cool because i kept looking at that <laughs> the train was so funny but that makes sense if that's what that was
2: i have it in my notes to tell todd to find the location of the other house the yeah. politician's house
0: that's what I was wondering too. So that'll, that'll be my other, my other thing. It looked like it was up in the Hills somewhere because it was very, uh, there's a lot of trees. It's very
2: there. not Portland house.
0: Yeah. It could be that they did. I, I felt like they did list another shooting location. So maybe that was somewhere, maybe that was Memphis. Um, <laughs> so Regina King follows, follows the interpreter back to meet up with Marley Matlin and then, Regina King confronts them and like, "Oh, I finally put it together. You, Marley Matlin, mastermind this plan where you were in the other room, the interpreter rings the doorbell, stabs the guy as a part of that. The interpreter then calls the neighbor across the street to wake him up so that the neighbor looks out the window to see a certain kind of car speeding away and then see Marley Matlin freaking out over the dead body. And so they, the car they use in that is the car of the sun politician. So that's how they frame him because it made, it didn't make sense until the end that did Marley Matlin want revenge on the sun as well. Yes. So she's been just dating him for 15 years and like, Now is when she's going to do it. I Um, I didn't. Yeah. They're back together as of a year ago, apparently is what Uh, she, what
1: she told Regina. Okay. Um,
0: But yeah. So yeah, it turns out the interpreter is the one who actually stabbed them. They both had this plan, but then the interpreter then gets arrested because like everyone figures it out. And they're just like going to let Marley Matlin go. I mean, I know you can't charge a person for the same crime twice, but you think you can charge them with something else like accessory to murder. Right. That's a different charge. <laughs> like this movie just made it seem like she did it Bye. all. She told the police that and she's like, bye-bye. Uh, so that was funny. But I did like that twist because there is a part at the end where the interpreter is like, Us interpreters are not even people. We're just like nobody sees us. Nobody, like, it's all about the other thing. We're invisible to everyone. And I was like, oh, that's a fun twist. Again, I wish they would have like made more of that, like, more meat out of it somehow.
2: Yeah, that there Um, just was not like it could have been clever, but the way that it was executed was not clever. To me, it came off as kind of out of left field. And the movie up until that point to me felt like it really could have been any of the suspects and they pulled like a, you know, Scooby-Doo, you know, type answer or or clue or maybe they filmed four different endings. They could have filmed four (laughs) different endings and then just chose the most ridiculous one. Um,
0: It is. Yeah, it is true. Because watching it a second time, I'm like, am I going to be able to pick up clues that it was the interpreter and you can't like Yeah. Again, it could have been, uh, it could have been any any of them. And at one point, she uh, Marley Matlin gives what I call the Sharon Stone defense, which is the things that happen in a lot of courtroom dramas after Basic Instinct, where Marley Matlin's like, "Yeah, but if I really did it, would I have done X, Y, and Z?" <laughs> <laughs> and so that that becomes a part of it. Did you guys get ads for this uh, during this on Amazon? Uh, oh yeah, because it was uh,
2: on IMDb.
0: Okay, because I watched it first on my on on my TV on on Amazon Prime, and there was no ads. But then I oh. watched it on my computer the second time, and there was an ad for Shark Tale, Romeo okay. and Juliet, and Paul Blart Mall Cop. I did see the Right, because Those are all yeah.
2: movies that that IMDb streams with ads.
0: Oh, I was like, what in the world do any of these movies have in common with what I'm watching? The movies from 2007, which is funny. Marley Matlin also plays, uh, her character is a local flower shop owner, but then she lives in that mansion on the river inexplicably. And, and that one guy, there's an old, the older guy across the street who witnesses um, the car going away. He's being questioned by the police and he goes, oh, her, well, She's my florist. I'm like, do people like have florists? Like, is that a is that like a doctor thing where you're like doing it so much you have a guy that you have to go to, or do you just sometimes <laughs> get flowers there? <laughs> Going to
2: find a new florist.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, well, let's, speaking let's of that, say, where, where where was her flower shop? Um, do you recognize it? I.
0: I it all- I I feel like it was there's a there was a similar flower shop on um on Broadway in in like uh, northeast northeast mm-hmm. Broadway type of area, the Lloyd Center area. I uh, but,
2: could see that. Um I but was I getting, didn't know for sure. I was getting the vibe with like northwest twenty-third uh on Burnside. Um that could be too
0: i felt like the road was maybe too wide or maybe i was i was just blinded by the fact that i thought it was that flower shop that at least used to be i don't know if it's still there uh up on up on broadway but let's yeah what are some of the other locations that you guys uh noted
1: uh hubers uh where they oh. they were in the bar uh talking through things is that the
0: one with like the huge vaulted ceilings yeah. and the okay yeah. i wondered what that place was classic Oh uh, yeah, um, the house, that politician's house, I I couldn't figure out yet, so I'll, I'll have to go hunting for that.
2: Our favorite uh embassy building shows up again as the courthouse.
0: That's the real star <laughs> of Portland at the movies, oh, really. Yeah. That shows up in everything.
2: I always remember it covered in swastikas.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although the, the actual Justice Center and the elk statue is briefly seen as regina king is kind of driving through town and kind of you can kind of see that but yeah the north port the northwest park blocks um
2: oh did you notice uh right at the very beginning there's a they have a close-up of a statue yeah i was hoping that was going to be um yeah it wasn't
1: wasn't, yeah it it wasn't what did you um, think it was going to be land of the land of the free or what's the um, Uh, the promised land yeah the promise uh the um the people from hot lake hotel that uh made the big bronze statues in portland that that one didn't exist at that time
0: oh funny um let's see there was also where there was the bancroft building is that the uh, uh, the bancroft suites bancroft suites is that a real building here
2: I meant to look that up and I did not.
0: I feel like it is, but there, it was either Regina King's office or her house that looked like it was in a skyscraper, or like this really nice balcony into it. And the exterior said the Bancroft Suites or whatever it said, but that was whatever building that was is right down the street from Big Pink. It doesn't appear that, that, that in the
2: background. Uh, wait, uh, wait, Bancroft Building.
0: Yeah, so the Bancroft suites on it, but it was down the no. top right? It was like in the footprints, sort of, of Big Pink, at least. And she gets in her car, you can see that like a block or two away. So I'll have to go find that. It's maybe in like second or something like that. But yeah, at the interior of a courtroom, we once again uh, stars in this movie. And even that was kind of bland because like in all the other movies that the wood panels of those courtrooms are like really cinematic and really cool to light. And this was just kind of, flat and bland and not very interesting. I felt myself being, being more distracted by the court reporter and wondering, now do they hire actors who can court report or court <laughs> reports who can act because they have to have the skill because I always watch yeah. them and it is always
2: stenographer.
0: Yeah, oh speaking of, I'm not not to bring bring up something totally wild off topic, but I was watching part of the Marjorie Taylor Green mm-hmm uh and they had, thing and, they and yeah mouthful. the stenographer had like a full-on like the, the mouth bane, muffler bane-esque thing yeah. over the mouth what? and i guess it's yeah. yeah and she repe- that's it mean, mark do you know more about what that is
1: uh yeah it's it's used in courtrooms where they can speak to someone else who is basically in another room uh, it's it's a it's a device that goes over your mouth that you can talk into and make recordings or talk to someone else without being heard outside. You. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So
0: then they dictate everything, but it seems like we're just putting an extra step there because then it's, it's like either just put microphones where the people talk or do this stenography thing. I don't know why we're adding the step of people talk and then another person just says what the people just said but I. what do i know she said guiltily
1: (laughs) 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 it might just be you know stage direction
0: it's the color color commentary (laughs) (laughs) that we're not getting on we're as seen on the ocho have you ever seen
1: have you ever on netflix turned on (gasps) um, <gasps> descriptive text. Yeah, I know. I, oh, it's it's a great feature, and it's on Netflix, and so many of the shows will have a a person who is a uh, a narrator describe things that are going on, and then and and they're like professional, well done, yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, with British accents and th- You know, it's like. And and John picks up the bottle, you know, and, and then... so they have
2: to they have to be able to squeeze this in like between the actual dialogue of the show. yeah. so a lot of the times it it, it they talk really fast, but in really oh. awkward places, and they I think they purposely choose mm-hmm. someone whose voice is like completely different from the characters. So you can easily tell that it's not a character talking. Oh, um,
0: sure.
1: Sometimes, uh, Sarah, if, if I'm writing, if I'm doing work. I'll turn that on so that
0: I, you don't have to watch everything. Oh Um, my gosh. That would be, we should do, we should do dubs of Portland at the movies, movies, um, we are doing the descriptive audio. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that would look like, but
2: you know what we could do we could find out if some of these uh, more obscure movies that we uh, are uh, reviewing uh, ha- still have an active copyright on them. And then we could release a DVD of the film ourselves with our commentary.
0: That would that be would amazing. Be really I mean, great.
2: we are actively trying to find
0: Stephen Miller, who created the, the Millergy G of um, <laughs> visions, love and dynamite. And um, Oh, what's the best one. I can't remember the name now.
2: Oof. Uh, back time back time
0: back time mm-hmm. Who's somebody on my YouTube? that's on my youtube channel and some guy was like i want to buy that from you i'm like uh sorry that's that's part of the portland at the movies permanent collection <laughs> <laughs> and he was talking about it, he's like oh man i've been trying to find that for years he's trying to find the other he has the other two or something like that it was like so there's another there's Even another fan, fan out there wow. yeah nice. he was trying to find all three of them But yeah, maybe that would scare him out of uh, Russell him out of the bushes if we just started selling his own product without his permission. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, you know that this movie probably did not have a huge budget when in there's like a scene in the break room of the courthouse where there's a Pepsi machine in the back. But they had to cover the Pepsi machine with like little flyers (laughs) and paper and stuff so that you could not tell it was Pepsi. Which was funny. There's a lot of great uh in the courtroom scene yeah. when like each new thing of evidence is like brought in and everybody's <clears> doing that, don't have to Um but yeah, other than other than a couple times where I was like, "That's kind of a neat." The twist was neat because I didn't see it coming, and it was kind of neat to reflect on why I wouldn't see that coming, and wh- you know, all of that. But
2: well, you didn't than, see it coming
0: because they did a piss poor
2: job <laughs> of setting it up. That,
0: that is that is true, um, but yeah, I, I I guess I just keep coming back to like I just wish this had a little more teeth to it of some sort some sort of texture to it
2: um a couple of notes i found about the uh dvd release of this movie um one uh it was uh released on 9 11 2001 yikes <laughs> yeah so it probably went under the radar <laughs> that mariah carey's
0: glitter which <laughs> and, debuted that week
2: and uh bob dylan's uh, love and theft
0: Oh no. And that Um, one album that inexplicably had that picture of the Twin Towers being hit by an airplane. (laughs) Have you guys seen that? It was like a rap duo or whatever and it's like, here's our debut and it's just a picture of the Twin Towers being hit by airplanes.
2: And it just happened to be. Oops. Yikes. Um, Wow. But the DVD also did not contain closed captioning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So, it has a lot of one-star reviews on Amazon. (laughs) Uh, Talk about not reading your audience.
0: Oh, my gosh. That is so funny.
2: (laughs) One lady on Amazon was like, I bought this to teach in my uh, uh, sign language class, and
0: Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Uh, that is so funny. Oh, speaking of sign language, Doctor R.I.P.V.H.S. has a big fat copyright strike because of a sign language learning video from like 1992 I posted. Uh, any? Oh, I did note, and well, never mind. <laughs> I feel like my I've already said enough accidentally horrible things this episode, so <laughs> I'll, I'll neglect doing that. Except I'll say half of it. I felt like at times, uh, Marlene Matlin, who I thought was beautiful in this movie, sometimes looked a lot like Helen Hunt, which I never mm. noticed
2: before. Yeah. yeah,
0: but then also like Michael Bolton a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like they could be siblings or cousins or something.
2: I thought you were going to say dollar store Helen Hunt.
0: Dollar store Helen Hunt. No, I would say I would say Helen Hunt is a dollar store Marlene Matlin. Oh, there, yeah. oh there you take go. that wildly successful Helen Hunt. <laughs> uh well anything anything else from this movie that is that is worth noting or that we did not mention
1: no
2: guess not so no. um mark uh would you recommend this <laughs> no
1: there's no reason to watch this movie <laughs> uh there isn't i mean
0: it did have a lot of, of, of good locations it's yeah. funny that it was set in memphis but yeah, was so like brian said i didn't even think about those establishing shots because they show union station and they show the waterfront and all of that stuff which is really funny todd would you recommend it i would not like i said it's just it's so solidly in the middle where most of our movies are like, I am mostly going to forget about this except for maybe the twist at the end. I'll kind of forget all the details as, as time goes on. Um, but it, it was nice to see Marley Matlin again. So I will say that. Indeed. Patron saint of Portland at the movies.
2: If, if you're looking for a schlocky uh, lifetime courtroom drama, This will fit the bill. This
0: was, and yeah, I know uh, Sarah Sarah X. Dillon of Fun Employment Radio, uh, which you can also uh, hear at funemploymentradio.com. She uh, does, she paints uh, on the side and does these really amazing uh, animal portraits. And so she will often say, I'll put a lifetime movie on in the background or I'll put something on in the background and I'll do it to that. So I guess that this is a good thing for that. There's enough interesting things maybe now and then to be like oh the park
2: blocks or this is a perfect background movie yeah
0: there we go there we go that's a that's a
2: positive way to end um and the the, the other thing that uh did stand out to me was the title like this is like the most portland movie title you know it's absolutely amazingly forgettable I could Me. not remember what it was
0: the second time I went to watch it. I had to go to <laughs> IMDb and find. It. And it's funny because at the very end, they almost do the thing where they say the title in the movie, but they don't say uh, where the truth lies. Regina King says something like, "Oh,
1: I thought they did." In That's the, where in the, the truth lays, or oh, I thought they did in the said, courtroom.
0: She says something so close to it, like it's either yeah. lies or lays, or it's like it's switched around just a little bit. I'm like, they couldn't even get that right. <laughs>
2: Just listen uh, to the
0: movie.
2: Here's uh, <laughs> in researching the actors in this movie, um, I, I came across a, another Portland movie, and I just with the title, I, I saw it in their filmography, and just by the title, I was like, oh, please let that one be filmed in Portland because of the title, it just like felt like a Portland movie, and it was. And so, so the title was Dangerous Pursuit.
1: <laughs> nice
2: so we have that one to it's look almost
0: to. it's almost impressive like if i would sit here for like a, a a 10 minute exercise of trying to write the most bland titles i can i could think of i would still never quite be able to do it as well as some of these movies <laughs> dangerous pursuit wow yeah and where the truth lies is also a, apparently a, you mentioned at the beginning a kevin bacon movie that came out like 2013 which i've never heard of either but whatever well there uh should we tease should we tease the upcoming perhaps exciting guest news of portland at the movies uh yeah mark why don't you take why don't you take us through that journey
1: um so i got an email from um mr land mr michael land and um and you put me on the spot i'm trying to recall <laughs> well as you're as you're trying to as you're kind of, <laughs> fatal as you're looking,
0: revenge. As you're looking fatal, that up fatal it, revenge. Is, it is funny to <clears throat> think about how not how many people hear our podcast but how many people who have worked on these movies who probably just google it yeah. to see if anyone's ever mentioned it find their right. way to our podcast <laughs>
1: yeah so we are uh the number one google result for the movie Fatal Revenge, and uh, and and so Michael Land was the star of that movie, and uh, he reached out to us, and so uh, we will have him on the show, and we look forward to chatting with him. He he had some great little uh, sneak peek moments as he's like, yeah, Portland in the in the nineties or Portland in the eighties was full of sex and, yeah. and all the things and so he he's got some great stories to tell and uh was right in the heart of it
2: did did he uh say whether or not he had an english dub of the film
1: i i forgot to ask explicitly that question but i i brought it up and i i said that i we don't have one yeah and uh he he kind of it almost that. sounded
0: like he was about to say yes but then like then started talking about something out Todd Workoven-style yeah. started talking about <laughs> something, something else. completely different halfway through his own right. sentence. <laughs> so, we'll, so yeah, we'll that's it. exciting too. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, Mark, is there anything else coming up of note that we should pay attention to? I don't, not not on my side. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's so. Brian, wrong. the Unipiper, what about you? Anything coming up?
2: Um, I just kind Can of- Can we wonder... buy your beer somewhere? Yes, yes. Uh, the Unipiper, he's the IPA. By Gigantic Brewing is currently uh, in stores.
0: Um, I, I, what what I I'm, I'm way down here in Westland. I, I looked at Safeway, but I'm, like, what kind of stores are they at? Uh,
2: I, the only store that seems to be a reliable safe bet is uh, New Seasons. Okay, uh, cool. All New Seasons seem to have it, and uh, most bottle shops do.
0: Yes, and I got. Uh, two commemorative bottles at your at your beer release and cradle them all the way home until the very last step into my house where i dropped one of them on my concrete porch it exploded everywhere nice (laughs) but i still have one left so yeah go out and go out and buy that beer i did have a tiny taste of it it was it was very nice it had a lot of a lot of nice fruit taste to it without it being like a weird yeah it was very very nice So cool, cool. Uh, Listen to Fun Employment Radio. Uh, You can hear us on their network as uh, well as Geek in the City. Oh, uh, Aaron Duran of Geek in the City has his new comic out too called um, La Brujera, I think. That's either the first one. He, no, Season of the Brujera. His first comic was La Brujera. Season of the Brujera, you can buy that at any comic shop, which I did. I got mine in Milwaukee in uh, at Comics Avenger, but that is available everywhere. As well as David Walker, friend of the show. Uh, season two, they call it even comics, season two of Naomi is out. So if you've been following that... Uh, You can get that there. But other than that, I'll find, uh, since we can't get uh, audio from this movie, I'll just rip some generic sexy saxophone music since that's what (laughs) starts this movie out. So thank you all for listening. We will talk to you later. Bye-bye. See ya.